Welcome to Sport Talk with R and J. I'm your host, Steve Risser. I'm along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And we got another busy show. I mean, we got college basketball's in full swing, college football's football's in full swing, but we got to get to the NFL and we got to get to this COVID situation in the NFL because it's crazy. And obviously with the Baltimore Ravens, this is, it's, it's been, it's been crazy all week. I mean, they, this game postponed three times. It got moved to, to, it got postponed from Thursday to Sunday. Then it got moved from Sunday to Tuesday. Now it got moved from Tuesday to Wednesday and they're finally playing it. And they're playing it today at three forty-five. It's just crazy situation with, with them. I mean, the, the Ravens are going to have a bunch of guys out today of obviously Lamar Jackson, JK Dobbins, Mark Ingram, um, Matt, Judon, Mark Andrews, Calais Campbell. He's got a bunch of guys out today against the Steelers. But you know what? They, the NFL, the credit the NFL this year, though, they have not had a game. They have not canceled a game yet due to COVID. You've seen college football, a bunch of games have been canceled. The NFL has not canceled a game due to COVID. So definitely uh, credit them for that. But yeah, just a crazy week. And Justin, what are your thoughts on all this with the Ravens and Steelers? Yeah, it's been crazy because I heard the Steelers this morning put Pouncey on the COVID list. So another test. And I know, yeah. You know, and I thought all along they probably should have just canceled this game. I I thought it was a smart – it would be a smart thing for the NFL to just add the 18th week just so we don't have to deal with all this craziness. And, you know, because then it's like, you know, it's definitely the Ravens too, so it's, it's always a good game because it's one of the best rivalries in, the, in um, the NFL. But it's like there's no Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are missing so many starters. It's like you're kind of watering it down here, like – and on a Wednesday afternoon, it's like, I'll definitely watch the game, but it's like, uh, you know, like it's going to be a blowout. I just feel like it's would have been better. They cancel it and then move it to like week 18 or something. You know, I don't know why they wanted to make it so difficult, you know, and I just saw two Goodell came out like 20 minutes ago. So they have no plans of being a bowl for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's trouble. But to me, that's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how you can't. You should have been planning to be in a bubble since. And I, I like Adele. I'm one of the probably few NFL fans that likes Al. But how do you not have a bubble? This is this is issue has been going on for, for the entire season. You do not have a bubble. This is this should have been started in uh in in a uh, back in October when the when the issue happened with the Titans and the Patriots. That's what this stuff should have been happening. I don't get how you don't have a bubble. You should definitely have a bubble for the postseason. I mean, I give Manford a lot of crap, but. He at least had a bubble for the postseason. This I don't understand how how you how you, how you don't have a bubble. It, it, it just makes no sense. You can't have this going on on the uh, 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 the week of the playoffs. I mean, this just this just can't happen. I, I just I have to say I hate to say it, but it's a very very poor poor job by Roger Goodell uh, de- uh, dealing with this issue. And I, I don't get why there is no bubble. Yeah, I don't either. I don't see what the big problem would be because it's only going to be a few weeks not like you're you, you know these players going to be stuck in it for three months i yeah it's like what are you going to do if if something happens like the ravens this week and you lose your starting quarterback your couple of your running backs you know a couple defensive players starters d- you're going to make them go out there and go play like come on i it just doesn't make any sense it just it makes it you know and it's like you know and even that does happen in the playoffs it's won't even make the game probably entertaining you know like it's yeah it's dumb and it's not it's not a good thing from from Cadell right now you know they should have been yeah they they you know they should have been playing this since literally you know like I I think since the summer they should have planned on okay if this and this happens you know what you know we should plan on a bubble but I I don't know you know, I think that could maybe come back to bite them, but it just shows you they're going to play through anything right now. They don't care. Nothing's stopping them. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And now another bad move by the NFL. And this made no sense not to postpone this game till Monday. I mean, the fact you had the Broncos playing with, uh, with Noah, with, with pretty much Kendall Hitton, a practice squad wide receiver, that, that, that's just not right. I mean, c- come on. It, that, that was not right at all. I didn't agree with that at all, making the Broncos play that game. They should have moved it to Monday. But who knows if one of those quarterbacks would have been able to play anyways. Because, yes, all three of them got cleared yesterday uh, and, and, now they're, and now they're practicing. But I just think that that was really not a good move by the NFL, even to have the Broncos play on Monday as well. Yeah, I, again, I think that should have been another game that should have been moved to week 18 if we ever had it. Because, yeah, how do you – you know, because the one that didn't make sense, too, is when the Patriots were supposed to play the Broncos. It's like Cam got COVID, and it was Stephon Gilmore, and then they, they shut down the game, you know? like, but Yeah, but when, like, a bunch of your guys, a bunch of their guys get COVID, they, they don't have a quarterback available, oh, they still play the game. Yeah, it, it just, I, I I don't get it, you know? It just, it, you know, I think, you know, for me, it was kind of, I just wanted to see their offense just because I just wanted to see what was going to happen it's one of those things but like for somebody just a casual fan they got no interest in that it, again it just it makes your product look bad that you you're making a team go out there you know the poor guy hasn't really played quarterback in two years and you know hasn't taken a snap by quarterback and had only 24 hours to know that he's gonna be the starting quarterback so it just makes no sense i could maybe see it more if it was like tuesday or monday or tuesday but not on saturday night that was that was another joke by the NFL. Yeah, we got a comment from from Sean. He says football is in big is in big trouble, and I hate to say this, I might have to agree. And if there if there's no plan for a bubble, football definitely could definitely be in trouble because of this. They definitely could. You get something like the Ravens, you know, especially you get to the playoffs. Yeah, you you definitely could. You know, again, I think as we get now, you know, winter, we're getting December now. I th- I think you know this thing could get worse. You hopefully not, but definitely, you know, I think this. They, they definitely could be in trouble if these things start spreading. And, and especially for teams down the stretch who are out of contention, who are kind of starting to maybe, you know, not be as careful and affect, you know, a team that's getting, you know, getting ready to gear up for the playoffs, it could definitely spell trouble. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 def- it, it absolutely could. But we're gonna get to uh, we're gonna get to the Giants and the big injury that was suffered this this Sunday in their game against the Bengals. That was the Daniel Jones uh, uh, strained hamstring against the Bengals. He's gonna be out. Uh, 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 hopefully, only this week. But it looks he'll definitely be. Out. I think he's definitely gonna be out against the Seahawks. But I, I I could see maybe him being out against the Cardinals too. I mean, and and uh, I hope as a Giants fan he gets back for the Cardinal game and he and he's and he's back 100. percent But. Uh, I see, see Sean's comment, not to mention the Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was, yeah, that was funny. But yeah, I mean, just it's just I, I go back to Jones. I just I hope I just hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. I, this has been an issue last year. He missed two games due to an ankle injury. This year, two games due to a hamstring. It's it is, and I remember watching the game, and he he came he came back in the uh, for the uh, for the uh, uh, the, the play after he, he did it, and it, it was just it was awkward. It was an awkward throw on third down. Then he uh, then he tried coming back in the next series and it just it wasn't working for him. It just you, you knew he was banged up. You knew he had to come out. So it's going to be hard for the Giants. This is this is this this the timing is awful because you know who the Giants got. They got in, they got to play the Seahawks in, in Seattle. They got the, the Cardinals, the Browns, and then the Ravens. So that's four teams right now that are currently in the playoffs. And 
they potentially might not have their starting quarterback, just terrible timing for the Giants with them being in first place in the NFC East. Yeah, definitely. It's such a tough blow. Um, Cause he was, he's been playing better too, you know, the last couple of weeks, I thought, you know, he's been playing some really good football, you know, the Giants are in first place going to Sunday. So yeah, it's definitely disappointing as a, as, you know, um, for him and, it's definitely a huge loss always as if you know when you lose your starting quarterback it's always a tough loss um but you kind of just see they were very out of sync obviously without them you know now this week they you know maybe colt mccoy plays better that they actually put a game plan that works for colt mccoy um but that you know it's definitely not a good sign for the giants is tough portion as the schedule comes up Absolutely. And speaking of the tough portion of the schedule and Colt McCoy, the Giants this week have a brutal game as they have to go to Seattle to face the Seahawks. And in this game, as a Giants fan, obviously you want them to win the game, but you got to be realistic. It's going to be a brutal game for, for the Giants. And one thing the Giants have done well on offense is, is stop the run. But what does Seattle do really well? They stop the run. They're third in the league in rushing yardage. And in the seven games Jamal Adams has played, they've only allowed over 100 yards rushing once. So I think what what the Gi- what the Giants do successfully on offense, they're not going to be able to do in this game against the Seahawks. I think I think they're going to have a very very difficult time running the football, and that's going to hurt their offense because that's going to force Colt McCoy to turn the ball over, and that's going to give Russell Wilson the Seahawks short fields, and they're going to take advantage of that. I think their defensive of the Giants has a chance to keep them in the game for two reasons. One, I think they're going to be able to contain the running game of uh, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, and two, I think they're going to be able to get pressure on what Russell Wilson. But you know Russell Wilson's going to put up points, and with the Giants. Thing, uh, giving giving the Seahawks some short fields. I think it's going to be a long day for the Giants. I got the Seahawks winning the game, thirty-one to thirteen. Justin, you know I got the Seahawks. As a Giants fan, I want hope. Is there a way with Jones out that this Giants defense could carry them to an upset victory? I think there is a shot. I, I have a much closer score than you. I've been twenty-four to sixteen Seahawks. I think the Giants can keep this thing interesting. I thought Russell played better last week, but I think some of it now their defense has been playing better, but I thought, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, for the Eagles that Wilson's been forcing some balls, um, you know, in, in the coverage and if, and the giant secondary has been really good, you know, that James Bradbury signing, um, bringing over Logan Ryan, those have been great. You know, if you could kind of slow them down in the passing game, slow Russell somehow, I think you guys definitely have a shot. You know, I, I think, you know, um, and again, you know, you said the pass rush, you know, if they can get to Wilson, they, if they can slow down the running game, I think if they can get a turnover too and create a short field for their offense, I think they'll be okay. But I, I think the giants, I really like the way the giants defense been playing their defense played really well last week. You know, they gave up the special teams touch the kick return. So that, you know, defense only gave up one touchdown. Um, but again, I think the, I think the defense comes fired up ready to play. I, and I think Joe Joe's going to have them ready to go. I think they keep this in close. Yeah, there, there is a chance of that, but I just feel just what the giants do so well on offense. Seattle does so well on de- the giants do well on the giants have been doing well on offense. Seattle does really well on defense. And, and if Daniel Jones was playing, I would want the giants to, you know, attack that secondary. I would definitely get, I, would, I think if Daniel Jones played, this would be a one score game, but, ju- but just what Seattle does so well on defense, stopping the run. That's what the giants have been doing well on offense. And now that the giants have a backup quarterback, it's just going to be very difficult for them. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I definitely worry about the offense in this game. Uh, you know, I think, you know, it's definitely going to be taught. Yeah. Cause 
the one thing Seattle does well enough, and you know they're probably going to throw eight in the box and tell Colt McCoy to beat you. Um, I assume that you know. Again, you know, I think he's been in the league long enough. You know, I think they tailor a game plan to him this week that works for him. Again, I don't think he's going to come out and play great, but he can kind of manage his game if they can get some passes. If he can complete a couple passes early and kind of open up that defense and, you know, make them respect the pass more, I think, it, you know, it, it would really help out the Giants very, very much on Sunday. You know, I'm not very high on that, but again, I think, you know, I, I think the defense can keep him in this game. I, I really do think JoJo is going to have a good game plan defensively. And I think they do keep this close. I think they also make a play on special teams as, as well to keep this thing interesting. Yeah, it's a part we forget about the game. So it will be interesting to see. Big matchup, definitely a big matchup with the first place Giants heading to Seattle to face the Seahawks. But we got to get to your team who is coming off a win last week. They're still mathematically in contention. They head all the way out to uh, L.A. to face the uh, Chargers this week. And I think this is a really, really close competitive game. I think that the Chargers actually man for man have more talent than the Patriots. But the coaching staff of the Patriots isn't just better than the Chargers. It is much, much better than the Chargers. I mean, it's, it's not even funny. If Bill Belichick is coaching the Chargers, I don't like to use hypotheticals, but Bill Belichick's coaching the Chargers, they probably have at least five wins. I mean, I, and I think in this game, the Patriots, yes, they've struggled to run the ball uh, the last couple of weeks, but I think in this game, they do have success running the ball with, with, the Damian, with, with uh, Damian Harris. I think they get some rushing on the ground, keep the ball out of Cam's hands. I think Cam might have a touchdown run or maybe a touchdown pass. And I do think the Patriots, they make, they, I think they make a play on special teams that could result in a touchdown. And I think the Chargers might miss an might make another bad play on special teams, miss an extra point here and there. And I think Justin Herbert might have that one turnover that he has. Yeah, he's good, but he has, he always has that one turnover that he that 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 uh, costs his team every game. So I think this is a close competitive game. But I'm going to go to the Patriots to go to six and six uh, to win the game, 27-23. Justin, we know Herbert only has two wins as a starter uh, over the Jets and Jags. Can he beat a team that's not the Jets and Jacks? I think, you know, there's a very good possibility. Now, I, now this is more a superstition pick here because um, last few weeks, I feel like I picked the Pats and they lose the game and I pick against them, they won. So I'm going to pick against them. But I think they should be able to win this game because of the coaching staff-wise, as you mentioned. Bill should definitely out-coach Anthony Lynn. Um, but, yeah, you know, Bill Belichick always has a great game plan, it seems like, against rookie quarterbacks. He always seems to have their number um so that that joe said that defense kept giving him the ball last week and he, and he couldn't and he couldn't score don't don't love herbert yeah he's right about that and i think it could be the very similar this week against cam newton the defense could give him the ball but turber could have that one turnover that cost them uh that, that uh you know that that, that ends up costing them and then they, they can make a bad play on special teams which which will help the patriots yeah and i think that definitely um could could happen, you know. I really, I thought Gilmore played really well last week in Hopkins. I know they didn't take too many shots because, you know, Murray's still banged up. I think, um, but so I thought defensively they played really well last week. I feel like they're getting better. Adam Butler had a great game. He was um, deflected pass sack. Um, I, you know, I think he can kind of, if he can continue what he did last week. I think you know, put some pressure on Herbert, make him rush some throws. Um, but again, they they have enough weapons to be able to score some points to Chargers. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me going in the fourth quarter, Herbert kinda in the Chargers in the lead and they kinda blow this thing. Cause yeah, you know, if you can stay away from that turnover, I definitely think the Chargers have a good shot. This team definitely should have more 
than three wins, obviously. But, you know, they're at three and eight. I think they definitely do pose a challenge to the Patriots, but I, I think coaching is the huge difference in this game. And I think New England will be able to survive, but I'll just pick against them just in case. <laughs> going with the superstitious pick just like last week. Yep. So we got a uh, we got a huge, huge, huge uh, AFC matchup in Nashville as the Browns travel to Nashville to face the Titans. I got the Titans winning this one 31-24, and here's why. I think that uh, the Titans are going to be able to run the, run the ball down the down the Browns' throat. I think they're, they, the Titans, obviously, the last two years, their identity is running the football. Derrick Henry is a big game against this Browns defense. I think Denzel Ward being out for the Browns is big. I think A.J. Brown is a big game, too. So I think the Titans get in the 30s. I do think the Browns uh, – uh, run the football with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think they have success doing that too, but the difference is going to be the quarterback and I'm taking Ryan Tannehill over Baker Mayfield. Justin, even though I'm taking Tannehill over, over Mayfield, is there a way that Baker Mayfield can outduel Ryan Tannehill? I think there's a way. Um, now I do have the Titans right now winning this one 31 27. Now Baker, I thought played really well last week. It's a Jacksonville defense, especially secondary that's banged up and young inexperienced. And Titans secondary is not much better, I don't think, than the Jaguars. You know, he really got Jarvis Landry involved. I think that was his best game of the Brown last week. If Baker could, he you know, he still missed some guys, some easy targets that he had. If he can kind of correct those, and especially, you know, if he can correct those in this game, I definitely think Baker has a shot to be able to go on the road and win this game. I don't think it's out of the question. That was his first touchdown pass, too, last week since, like, week seven. I know they've been playing some bad weather um which isn't you know resign that he's you know because we know it, it hasn't been a great year for him but i think he can do enough i think he's got the weapons and against a tennessee defense that's not really good or it's not great right now i think they he definitely has a shot to put up some points as long as his line can give him some time i, I think he's able he could definitely pick apart this team it would not shock me to see the browns move to nine to three as Joe said, Joe puts a comment down. If Landry didn't play last week, the Jags win. They also left seven points on the field, missed field goal and uh, uh, two failed two-point conversions. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen. Listen. I mean, the Browns are an 8-3 and three team, but they're very similar to what the Giants were four years ago when they were 8-3. and three. I mean, they're, a, they're an 8-3 team with an average to below average quarterback, and if they can't play a specific way with the running game, they're in big trouble, as you saw when they lost to the Steelers and, when, and, and as you saw as it, when they lost to the Ravens. So they really, really rely on their running game a ton and say the Titans stop the run and, and contain the running game of Chubb and and uh, and, uh, and Hunt, they, they'll win the game by two scores. But I just think this run game for the Browns is outside of the, them and the Titans have the top two running game, top two running games in the league. But the Browns running game is so good where I think they're going to be able to have success running the ball. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I and I think yeah, it, it's definitely going to help out Baker Mayfield in the play action because you know it, there's going to be times you're probably going to get them get somebody to bite on the play action, bite on the run, and guys are going to be open. So yeah, you know, I, I think because of that, I think Baker definitely could have a nice day in that. Especially if they can, you know, again maybe to get out if they can kind of get a lead in this game too. Um, Again, it kind of put less pressure on Baker instead of having him have to come back from behind. I think will make things a lot better. Yes, Joe, Joe, I get the point. Baker Mayfield is a below average quarterback. I get it. And the more you take the ball out of his hands, he's he, the more you take the ball out of his hands, the better. And that's a the Baker May, Baker is a big liability for the Browns. I get it. But I'm just I'm just saying if they do have success running the ball, it's very hard for me to think they're not going to be in this game. But but yes, Joe is right. Baker is definitely a liability. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, oh yeah, he definitely is. I don't, you know, he's not a great quarterback. He's not been worthy of that number one pick that he's, that um, Browns took him at. But I just think because of how bad the, I'm with you, how bad the Titans' defense is, he's gonna put up some points in this game. I, you know, he's gonna make some plays, and especially yeah, if they can run the ball as well, it's gonna make things a lot easier for him, as it usually does. Yes. Uh, so we have a AFC South matchup in. Uh, in Houston as the uh, AFC South, the, uh, the Texans, the Colts traveled down to Houston to face the Texans. And I got the Colts winning this game, uh, 28, 24. I think they're going to be able to, with Jonathan Taylor back uh, from the, uh, from the COVID-19, from the COVID-19 list, I think they're going to be able to run the football and have success doing that against this Texans defense. And I do think that uh, we'll see what happens with DeForest Buckner, but it won't matter as much this week because the Texans can't run the ball at all. I mean, yes, DeForest Buckner is good rushing the passer, but I do I do think uh, not, uh, not having DeForest Buckner won't be as big of a deal this week, and the Texans won't have Will Fuller either. So I think this is a close competitive game, but I got the Colts winning it 28-24. And Justin... Uh, even though even though the Texans don't have Fuller, do you think Deshaun Watson can carry the Texans to another victory? I think he could. You know, I'm, I got the Texans too in this one, thirty to twenty-seven. I know he lost Fuller. Um, I know Brand, or, um, Randall Cobb's out as well on the year with the number two receiver. Um, but I, I think since Romeo Cornell's taken over this, the, the or taking the interim head coaching job, I really like the way this team's been playing. Um, yeah, I kind of throw it that, you know, especially since that bye, I kind of take out that Browns game. It was such an ugly football. You know, they still lost. It was an ugly game. Um, but pretty much besides that game, I think their offense has been really, really good. I think he's going to get the Titans um, going in fellas and um, Atkins because they both killed New England. I think they get I think he wants and puts, gets them involved. And I haven't liked Indy's defense the last few weeks. They should have lost against Green Bay. They, sh- they, you know, they gave up 45 last week against the Titans. You know, and and with Bugner out, I feel I feel more confident with the um with the with the Texans. I think he I think Watson makes enough plays, and I really like the way this team's playing. Um, again, I don't think that you know can they get much of a run game? I don't think so still. But I think Watson makes enough plays with his legs, and I think he makes enough thro- throws downfield. And I'm going to take Texans to get the upset. Yeah, and and uh, Joe's just said t- Titans could have scored fifty if they tried. Definitely, I mean yeah. Buckner was a huge loss, but still, even though Buckner was out, that's not a, a complete excuse that, that the Colts would have not wouldn't have had it. Henry wouldn't have had the game he had. He rushed for over hundred yards the game previous. Colts defense needs to play better to beat the Texans this week. I mean, you could say Buckner's out, but that's not an excuse. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, it's definitely not. He's you know he is one he's a huge piece of that defense, but still, I think they have enough talent on that defense where. Just because he's out, they sh- still shouldn't be giving up the play that they did last week. Because um, they they looked awful, and I, you know, he's such a great player. But still, I think they, their defense, the other guys they have around them, are still pretty good on defense. That they shouldn't be giving up forty five points, especially a Titan team that just shut down ten days, you know, two weeks prior. They really played well against. So yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely a huge loss. But again, I Colts would be playing much better than they have the last few weeks. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. But we got to get to an NFC South game in Atlanta as the 
uh, Saints traveled to Atlanta to place the Falcons in a rematch from uh, two weeks ago. And I think I'm taking the Falcons in an upset in this game. I, I think the Falcons are playing better football under Raheem Morris. I think if you could look earlier in the season, they could have won two games. They really should have won two games earlier in the year, too, against the Cowboys and the Bears. So the Falcons are four and seven, but they're better than that four and seven record. I think Matt Ryan has a good game throwing the ball to Julio Jones because Jones and Gurley will be back this week. The Falcons had a big week last week against the Raiders, beating them 43 to six. Uh, I think I think that the Falcons, I think Jones is a big game. Ryan has a big game. And I think that this is a game where Taysom Hill just can't manage the game to win. I think he's going to have to make plays. I think he's going to struggle to do that because the Falcons are good at stopping the run. And I think they, you know, contain Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. And I got the I got the Falcons in the upset. But, Justin, here's my question. Can Taysom Hill manage the Saints to their third straight win? I think they could. Uh, you know, um, again, the big thing is, you know, I think it's, I think they, you know, again, I think they're going to be carried by their defense. They're all, you know, offense played well. I, Taysom Hill has been playing pretty well so far. Again, it hasn't been a huge, huge challenge that he had to face yet. Um, but I, I think he can. I think, but I think it's the defense that sets him up. I think they force Matt Ryan to make a couple more turnovers. He works with a short field and that he gets the lead again. And then they're able to kind of just run the and manage and, and, um, they manage the clock. They run the ball with Murray and Kamara. And then, I, you know, Taysom Hill, the plays that he has to make with his arm, I think he makes enough of them where I think the Saints do get the win. I think I have the Saints win at 27 to 20. Um, but, I, I, you know, Falcons are definitely playing better. I definitely love the way that they played last week against the Raiders. But I really like the Saints team right now, especially on the defensive side. And I think that's the big reason why Taysom Hill can carry them or manage manage the game-wise to get them to 10 and 2. The Dolphins should win their second in a row and their fifth in six games as they then they're uh, I think there's there's uh, seventh and eight in eight games as they welcome the Cincinnati Bengals down to South Florida and I, I think this game's going to be a, obviously a blowout I got the I got the Dolphins winning uh 27 10 Justin what do you got yeah I got Dolphins 24 10 Dolphins win again the we got an NFC North matchup in Chicago as the Lions who just fired their coach Matt Patricia and Matt and Daryl Bevel took over as the interim head coach head to Chicago to face the bears who have lost five in a row. And this is such a brutal game to pick because both these teams have played so poorly uh, uh, recently. They, both these teams haven't played well. And, uh, but thinking about this game, I, I personally got the bears winning 20 to 17. Here's my reason. Mitch Trubisky plays really well against, against the Lions. He's a, uh, he's foreign. Uh, he's foreign one, four and two against the Lions. He's won four straight against the Lions and the Lions have been a mess and they, and, uh, and, and they're probably not going to have Kenny Galladay too. So I got the bears winning this game, but Justin, will the firing of Matt Patricia uh, spark the Lions this week? I think it does. And I got the Lions going on the road 23 to 20. It, the Lions should have won this game back in week one, you know, and they choked, they choked it as they usually do. Um, but again, I think, unfortunately, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it, it was about time to make the move from Matt Patricia. Um, and I, I really do think that this team comes out and plays ex inspired football now. Cause you can just kind of tell they didn't really, they were, you know, they didn't really give much effort last week against against the Tech, especially defensively. Um, and, and I, I feel more confident to pick too, because it's, 
the opposite thing right now for the Bears. Matt Nagy's kind of calling everybody out right now. You, you know, it just doesn't seem like they're all there. And you wonder about that defense too now at a point where they kind of start to shut down, you know, just because of how bad their offense has been. I think they're the first team since like 1967, the, the 49ers team in 1967, to win their first five out of 68 and then lose five straight afterwards. So that's why I feel like the Lions right now are in a better position because now, unfortunately, they're firing at Matt Patricia. But I think they come out and play inspired football this week. And I think they go on the road and win this game. Got the Raiders heading all the way to East Rutherford to face the Jets. And I do think this game is – actually, I think this game is close just because the Raiders won't have Jacobs. But I'm not picking the Jets to win a game until they win one. And, yes, I'm a Sam Darnold guy. I might be one of the only two people, me and Dan Orlovsky, that still think he might be a franchise quarterback. But the team is completely is, – the team is terrible. And I got the Raiders winning close over the Jets. Justin, who do you got? Yeah, I get the Raiders winning this one 24 to 20. Um, I changed it just a bit now because Jacobs is out now. But um, yeah, I, you know, Raiders are not great at MetLife. And last year the Jets destroyed them. But I think the Raiders do enough. They bounce back from last week's debacle and take down the Jets. We got the playoff hopeful Vikings uh, uh, welcoming the Jaguars to uh, Minnesota this week. And I got the Vikings winning a close one, 31-27. I think the Jaguars hang in this game. I think James Robinson has a big day on the ground. I think that uh, I think Glennon has a pretty good game, too, against the Vikings defense. But I think for the Vikings, I think Cook has a big big day on the ground if he plays. I think Cousins has a big day through the air. And I got the Vikings winning the game. But the question I got, can Robinson and the Jags offense carry them to their second victory, Justin? I think it's very possible. I cannot believe the Vikings are a 10-point favorite in this game. Um, and – Again, you know, I think their offense because the tight, the Vikings defense isn't great. You know, they should have lost last week to the uh, Vikings. Should have lost Panthers last week. I think, and I really like the way Mike Glennon played. I think if Glennon could, you know, play turnover free football like he did last week, and I and again, it, you know, they open up things for James Robinson in the running game. I think he could run wild against this Vikings defense, and I think this is Jacksonville's maybe probably last shot here to maybe get a win here maybe maybe against the bears maybe but i i you know it would not shock me at all to see Jacksonville come in this game um again because it's it's their offense the viking defense isn't great and then i you know it would not shock me because they have enough weapons to with dj shark um and i you know i, I would not shock me at all to see the jack Jacksonville jaguars win this game we got the Eagles traveling to Lambeau Field to face the Packers. And we remember last year when the Eagles needed a must win and they went into Lambeau Field and got that win. And I do think the Eagles do match up well with the Packers because I think Miles Sanders will have a better game, much better game than he had on Monday night. I think he'll be able to run the ball. But at the end of the day, let's just let's let's get real. It's Aaron Rodgers against uh, against uh, Carson Wentz. That's why I got the Packers winning 31-20. I think Rodgers has a big day. I threw the air. I think he throws three or four touchdown passes. And I think that, uh, I think Zedaria Smith has a big day getting to Carson Wentz. I think the Packers get a sack Carson Wentz a couple times. I know the offensive line is bad, but he takes way too many sacks. I got the Packers winning, but Justin, we know the potential of Carson Wentz. Can he the switch and outdo Aaron, outdo Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I I don't I don't think there's any much of a chance of that that happening this week. 
Um, it just, I, and some of it I blame on Carson and some of it I blame on the coaching staff because, you know, first for the coaching staff, where's kind of the creativity? You don't have much of an offensive line right now. Your wep- weapons, most of your weapons are all banged up. Where's like some of these creative play calling, you know, where's like that Philly special play we saw, you know, like where, where is that part of the Eagles offense right now? Cause they, they definitely need some of that um, just to help just to, you know, get something going and maybe, you know, just get some confidence, just light a spark, you know, on a big trick play or something, you know, they need some of that. And then for Carson, the problem is sometimes he holds on the ball way too long. So then he gets rid of it too quickly. He missed a couple of wide open guys Monday night, you know, that interception in the end zone. Um, I forgot he threw it, threw it, what Seahawks he threw it to, but I mean, that was a horrible, that was a horrible coaching mistake too. Peterson should have kicked the three. Yeah. We all, I all knew, I would be watching the game. There's no way Doug wasn't going for it. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, they should have definitely kicked the field goal. And then, you know, I, so I, you know, that's parts kind of on Carson. I just, you know, again, I, I just think it's a confidence thing right now. I, I really do. I just think he's just mentally defeated right now. And I think the more and more I watch him, the more and more I kind of, just you just keep seeing it. Um, I there's just no way he goes to Lambo out duels Aaron Rodgers. I I just can't see it. I got I got the Packers thirty one twenty one. Yeah, I'm agree. I agree with you, and I'm happy that that I agree with you because I definitely want the Eagles losing that game as a Giants mm-hmm. fan. So we got the uh, Rams heading to Arizona to face the uh, the Rams heading to Arizona to face the uh, the Cardinals, and this is going to be a close competitive divisional game. And I think I think I got the Rams winning at twenty three twenty. And the biggest reason why I got the Rams winning at twenty three twenty is I trust Sean McVay over Cliff Kingsbury. I think Sean McVay is clearly a better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. I think Cliff Kingsbury should be questioned as a head coach. And last week to show you why Cliff Kingsbury should be questioned as a head coach. Terrible special teams. The special teams for the Cardinals were absolutely pathetic against the Patriots, and then the bad penalties too. I mean, that penalty at the end of the game by Isaiah Simmons was totally inexcusable. That just cannot happen to a team that wants to make a run to a Super Bowl. And and uh, I think I think this is a close competitive battle. I, I, got, I do have the Rams winning 23-20. And I think the reason why is I think that uh, Aaron Donald, uh, pressure on Kyler Murray, even though Kyler Murray will make a play, he'll, make a, he'll definitely make a mistake. I think Jared Goff will make plays, but he'll make mistakes too. But I think the Rams run the ball better, and I think the Rams make the stop on defense that they need to make at the end of the game. That's why I got the Rams winning this game. But, Justin, you saw Kyler Murray play last week against the Patriots. Can he bounce back against this Rams defense? You know, right now, I think – I don't think he's healthy still. Because they didn't take any shots again last week in New England. I really think he's banged up, and that scares me. Because I I really feel like with the Rams and the way they can get pressure on the quarterback, I, I feel like this could potentially be a long day on his shoulder. If, if they can get to him and hit him and just, you know, even push, you know, as he throws the ball, you know, I, I think this could be potentially a, a very long game for Arizona. Um, you know, it, again, maybe he is healthy this week. I don't, I don't know. They haven't really said much about him, much about the injury, but, if he's healthy, I feel a lot more confident in this pick, but I just don't think he's healthy. And, you know, as you discussed, some of the play calling, too, I didn't really like last week in New England. Some of the fourth down, you know, attempts, I thought they should have kicked at the end of the half. Um, but I, I think the Rams get pressure on him. I still don't think he's healthy. I think they can slow down that running game, and the Rams force a couple turnovers, help up off in that offense, and the Rams go on the road and, and bounce back and get, get the win even, you know. 
So last week they didn't look look great, but I'm gonna take the Rams to go on the road. I like you know I like the way the Rams. I trust more the Rams than the um, Cardinals are now. Got it. An AFC West matchup on Sunday Night Football as the Broncos uh, travel to Kansas City to play the uh, Chiefs. And this should be another. This shouldn't be a game. It should be a Sunday Night Football game. I don't know why this game wasn't flexed out. And I, I think the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs win this game big. I think Mahomes has a has a big day. I think the Chiefs have a big day on the ground too. And I think that the Burrows, not knowing who their quarterback is going to be, I think it'll be Drew Lock. But Drew Lock is not a good quarterback. So that's why I got the Chiefs winning at thirty four ten over the Broncos. Justin, who you got? Yeah, thirty four. 14 Chiefs, um, they should roll in this one. Um, we saw it a few weeks ago. Denver really couldn't do much offensively in the snow against Kansas City. They couldn't stop them either. Um, I, I think Denver's could be in a for another long game, and I agree. I don't know how this is a Sunday night game. It's another another uh, bad selection, but blowout, Casey wins. We'll go to the Monday night games, and we'll start in the in the NFC East. Our um, the, the NFC East, where the Redskins travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers, and I think this game is going to be b- closer than people think. I think one of the biggest reasons why is you look at the Steelers; they're playing today. They got to turn around and then play Monday, so they're going to have a really short week. And if you look at the Redskins, who played on Thanksgiving, they played by week because they're now not not playing until this Monday. So I think the Redskins will be the rested team. And I think the Redskins will compete in this game. I think Smith will keep him in the game and not turn the ball over. I think the Skins will get pressure on the quarterback. But I think Big Ben will make more plays than Alex Smith. And that'll be the difference in a close game. And I got the Red I got the Steelers winning it 24-17. Justin, I got the Steelers winning the game. Can this Redskins front four uh play well enough for the skin no, I mean could this Washington play front four play well enough for Washington to pull an upset. You know, I, I definitely think there's a possibility. I, uh, I got the Steelers winning this one 23 to 14, but I think there's a pop, definitely a possibility. Now, the thing is, the Steelers have only given up 10 sacks in the year, but the thing is, this is probably the best pass rush they're going to face in, in Washington this week or in next, next Monday. Um, so I think we're really going to find out a lot about the Steelers off of the line. They're, they're good, but this is definitely the pass pass best pass rush they're going to see if they can if this pass rush can get to big ben which they i think they will a couple of times if they can make him throw you know throw an interception or they hit him and he fumbles the football i you know they turn him over get a short field i think washington definitely has a very nice shot of winning this game especially you know as, as you mentioned they're going to be off for 11 days they're going to be you know well rested um but i think right now that um that the Steelers just have a little bit too much for him. But I think this pass rush does do enough to keep them in it. But I don't know if their offense could score enough points to, to help them be able to win this game. We got the second Monday night game as the Bills travel to Glendale, Arizona, because that's where the Niners have to play because they can't play in Santa Clara this week to, fate, to, to uh, the Bills' 49ers. And I got the Niners winning 24-20. And the biggest reason is going to be a ground game. I think the Niners got, with Raheem Mostert back, I think the Niners uh, ran the ball well against the Rams. I think they do that against the Bills. I think, I think they run the ball well. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think Richard Sherman makes a difference. Josh Allen makes a mistake or two. And I got the Niners going to 6-6 six and six and winning this one close. Justin, I got the Niners winning the game. But do you Josh Allen can make mistake free, uh, can play mistake-free and keep the Bills in first place this week? You know, I got the Bills winning this one, 27-21. I think he can. You know, he still has not thrown an interception in the red zone in his career, which I think you know, pretty good. You know, obviously, you know, great to not be able to turn the ball over in the red zone. Um, 
I, I, you know, again, I know Sherman's back, which was a huge hope in that secondary, but I, you know, with Stephon Diggs out there, you know, it, you know, even Cole Beasley has been a nice pickup for him. I know Brown's out, but I, you know, I think that they have, you know, I, I think the Bills have a little bit too much for him. Now, if the, you know, if, as long as the Bills can protect for Josh Allen and give him some time, I think he's able to play mistake-free football, and I think he's able to go on the road and get to see the win. The Bills are, you know, always a weird team. It feels some weeks, you know, they come out playing really well, and some weeks it's just they're flat and they kind of they kind of survive. I feel like this is one of the weeks where they kind of get it going, especially the Niners having to play a home game down in Arizona. I feel like, you know, could be, you know, um, also obviously a weird situation for the Niners. But, uh, you know, as long as – I definitely think Josh Allen can keep away from the um, – can keep – can stay away from the turnovers. And I think Bill's go on the road and move to 9-3. Uh, we got a final Monday night game, and the Cowboys traveled to, up to Baltimore to face the Ravens. And I feel like the Ravens are going to get some, most of their guys back off the COVID-19 list before this game. So I think they're able to control this game on the ground. The Cowboys are just not a good football team with Andy Dalton. I think Dalton's going to turn the ball over a bunch of times. I mean, I have the Ravens winning at 28-10. And I know I have the Ravens winning, but knowing I'm a fan of an NFC East team and the Cowboys are still, you know, mathematically in it, with Andy Dalton's knowledge of the of the Ravens' defense because he played in Cincinnati, is there any chance that Dalton could lead the Cowboys to an upset in this game? Well, uh, yeah, I think they could put up some points. I just don't know if their defense is going to be able to slow down the the, the um, Ravens. I got the Ravens winning this thirty eight to twenty one. Like I think this is a get right game for the for the um, Ravens. Um, you know, with all the weapons they have, and with the Ravens being so banged up, and it's you know, again with the COVID right now, it's like I guess you still don't really know who's going to be back or whatnot, or you know, there could be some more positive tests, you know, come through the next few days. Who knows? So you know, definitely could be a shot with all the weapons they have, though. Um, but again, I give more. Yeah, you know, um, uh, you know, I just I think more that hurts them is the play calling, you know, again, last week against Washington first and goal at the five yard line, you can't punch it in and you go backwards. Like, you know, it's just some of those things that I, I think are going to cost the Cowboys. Um, and again, if the, you know, and I don't know, and especially how banged up the Cowboys are on the offensive line right now. Uh, I think they'd be down three starters, I believe, right? You know, yeah, Martin would be out. I know Martin's going to be out. That's an, that's one of the guy I knows out. Yeah, and then I think a couple other guys are, in, are questionable. So who knows? Like, you know, the game's still another six days away. But I feel like the Ravens could get some, some um, get a lot of pressure on Dalton. But um, again, if Dalton has time, they have the weapons to be able to make some plays and score some points. But I, I don't, something told me, I think this is going to be a, like a get right game for the Ravens. And yeah, I and I, Cowboys have enough. Yeah, and the big. The strength of the Cowboys is their receiving core with C.D. Lamb, with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. But the thing is, is the Ravens have the best pair of corners in the league with, with Merlin Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Yeah, they do, which, you know, is definitely a worry. And But, um, you know, but again, then they also have behind them, you know, C.D. Lamb as as well that I thought been playing a little bit bad. It's been playing, been playing well when they kind of give him the ball. Um you know, they definitely, you know, obviously have Zeke and 
sneak as well, which I think, you know, they got to start using more. I know they kind of trailed in games, but, you know, I think you got to be able to use them like they did against the Vikings. Uh, again, try to use them more in the passing game in this one. But, yeah, you know, that does with the corners that Ravens have. Um, but, I, you know, I do think Dalton makes enough plays because, you know, we've seen the Ravens give up some – some big plays at times this year and I think there you know there could be a time where they the the Cowboys definitely do get something going offensively and make a make a player or two but just not enough yeah we'll see what happens there I, I just think the Ravens win this one big but we're gonna move to college football we're gonna get to the top 25 last night at the top, I mean, if the top seven stayed the same, you had Bama one, two, Clemson three, Ohio State four, uh, Texas A&M five, Florida six, and Cincinnati seven. And yes, we will the state situation a little bit a little bit later when we talk about their game. But when, when you well, the thing that surprised me last night was Iowa State uh, thirteen and going all the way up nine, and uh, uh, passing Indiana one last week, passing Oklahoma. They didn't play, but there's. They still have as many lot. They still have as many. They did beat Oklahoma, so I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. Uh, they, they passed Miami last week too. So that was the thing that surprised me the most, and it still surprises me that how BYU is getting disrespected. Now they're number thirteen. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start with Iowa State because Iowa State, you know, been good. You know, Texas handed them that victory last week. They they should have lost that game last Friday against Texas. They they handed it to them. Just some dumb mistakes that Texas has been making all year. Penalties. Um, just, just dumb, you know, so I, you know, and I know cause now they're seven to two, they got the head to head over Oklahoma. So they had to bump them ahead of them, but I was surprised they did move up to nine that, that did get me. Um, but, um, cause again, yeah, the two losses, they got no shot. I know they're going to play for big 12 title, but so they don't have much of a chance. Um, they have no chance to get to the playoffs, but then for, yeah, BYU, the thing is too, Think about this. BYU strength of schedule is 81, I believe, in the country now. Ohio State 77. Not much difference. I know, I know. It, if you're saying it's football, who cares about, you know, and I know they all care about the brand, but it, it's football. This is one of the top teams in the country, and they're still sitting there at 13. They have a Heisman Trophy candidate and an NFL draft prospect yeah. as their quarterback. Yeah. Again, it, 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 I don't understand, you know, and I know their their excuse for the Boise State game was Boise State, you know, quarterback got a concussion on the first series of the game. It, it still wouldn't have been close, even if the quarterback would have played in that game. It, it just I the eye test, if they're really believing the eye test, if they they really say that you're using it, I don't I don't really buy it because again, this has been better. They're better than 13th ranked team in the country. Um again, and this has been the problem with the committee though. You know, we, we've seen it. It's the brand names, and that's why they need to expand it. But um, it, it's such a joke that they're sitting there still at 13. It really is. Oh, it's a, it's a total it's – a, it's a total joke. It's a total joke. They should at least be – I would say they should at least be number eight. They should be no lower than eight. Seeing the quarterback they have uh, – I haven't uh, – admittingly, I haven't, you've, seen, you've seen much more BYU football than me, but seeing the quarterback that they have and seeing how good he is and, and, yeah, and, and the way they play this year and them being undefeated, they should be at least uh, number eight. Oh, yeah, they should, you know, um, and I know it's a schedule. Everybody complains about the schedule, but it's, again, it's not, they didn't cancel over everybody. Everybody canceled on them. They had games, they had five or six power five games lined up this year. So they did, the, you know, they 
you know, in a year where they really can't control this, they don't know all that they could. And to still kind of not even give them a benefit of doubt is awful. And, and yet this offense is so fun to watch. Zach Wilson's been a great story. Even their defense is, is playing really well. They're giving them less than two the they, They've been so good uh, on both sides of the ball. They've been one of the most complete teams in the country. And, yeah, they should be number eight because – Again, you have a two-loss Georgia and a two-loss Iowa State team out there. No disrespect to those two teams because they're good, but BYU should be sitting there at at least number eight. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll get to the games this week, and uh, we got uh, Texas A&M heading to Auburn, and this is a big game. I think it's going to be a close and a competitive game. I think it's a huge test for Texas A&M. I think if they get by this, uh, they're going to finish. Uh, they're going to they'll, they'll be they play Tennessee the last week. I think Tennessee the last week, and if they, if, they, if if they get yeah they play. Uh, they yeah, play Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. So they play them the next week. So they, they, if they get by this, they should end the season with one loss. And I think this is going to be a really close competitive game. I think Isaiah Spiller is going to have a big game on the ground. I think Kellamon's going to have a, have a good game uh, through the air. And I do think that uh, Bo Nix is going to have a game too. I know he's been inconsistent all year, but this is a home game that, that I think he'll play well in. I'm taking A&M, but here's the big question, Justin. Can Bo Nix spoil Texas A&M's uh, uh, spoil uh, Texas A&M's playoff chances. Uh, I'm, I, you know, it's a small chance. I don't really know. You know. I don't think they have. Again, I think if Texas A&M, I have the Aggies win this one, twenty-four to thirteen. If the Aggies, the Aggies too. I think the big reason why is the Aggies defense. Now their offense, Kelmans is taking a huge step up this year. But it's been their defense. Their defense ranks fifth right now against the rush. And what is Gus Malzahn's offense designed to do? They, you know, it's a run first, and then they love to um, come off the play action. And that that's when Bo Nix is at his best. But I don't think that's going to happen to much, especially if, if um, Bigsby, the Auburn's starting running back, is going to be injured this week. I don't know if, if he's officially out or, out or not yet. Um, but I, I think this could potentially be a very long game for Auburn in the offense because I feel like they're going to have to throw the football, and that's not when Bo Nix is very good. He can't drop back and beat you 40 or 50 times. He needs that running game to kind of support him, and they, they love to use that first. I don't think they're able to do that. Again, I think Texas A&M had so much rust last week too. It's, it's a, such a young team. They had three weeks off. You know, I think they had to go two weeks without practice even because they had, you know, the cases were that were spiking. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Aggies 24 to 13. They continue that one loss and try to sneak in the playoffs. All right. We got number four Ohio State scheduled to travel to East Lansing this week and play the Spartans. The game is really because we know Ohio State, if they play, is going to win the game. So that's really not the, the, the storyline. The big storyline is, is say this game is not played. And Ohio State, that would be three games Ohio State loses on their schedule. So they would be ineligible to play in the Big Ten championship game. Say they end the season going, you know, say they end up going 6-0. Six, six, if they end the season going 6-0, would you put the college football playoff over teams like, you know, over a team, over, would, you, would you still put them in the college football playoff if they're undefeated? That's the big question I got for you, Justin. You broke up right when you said the record. What record do you have on? Four and oh, they're four and zero oh right now, but they would finish six and up. Oh. You still have them in the play? Would you still have them in the playoff? Nah, without the Big Ten title, I would say no. And the thing is, too, they haven't looked dominant. What's 
The only, the weird thing about it would be if they don't go to the Big Ten Championship game and everything kind of holds holds its own in the West Division, they would end up probably playing Wisconsin as like that number two and you know, I th- team in the division. I think in a way that might help them too. That definitely could. But it's like, you know, unless they blow them out, you know, they haven't looked great yet. They had the 35-7 leads in Indiana. They let them come back. You know, they let Penn State hang around for almost three quarters. You know, they haven't looked sharp yet. They haven't, you know, for the most part, really. Um, again, Rutgers, they gave up 27 points. Nebraska is pretty much the only one, I would say. They really kind of started in the second quarter-wise. You know, they, they started to take major control of that game. But their opponent's record right now is nine and fourteen. Michigan State's two and four, or two and three, and Michigan's two and four. So they're not getting a big win unless you know Wisconsin or Indiana or Wisconsin or um, Northwestern. So with their schedule, I would say no, unless they blow out all three. You know, unless they start blowing out some guys out, I don't think so. But I, again, I think the brand probably would help them. But I don't think they would be deserving to get in. But I think it would depend on what happens with kind of the SEC as well with Florida, Texas, A&M, Alabama. But I, you know, I would go no right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there for the game. Obviously, uh, we don't really need to spend much time on it. Ohio State play at Ohio State wins. And what do you got, Justin? If they if they play? Yeah, I got Ohio State. I think this is you know, Michigan State played spoiler. But I, I think they struggle in this one. I think Ohio State comes out ready to play, and they won big. Got a rivalry game in Knoxville as the number six Gators travel to Knoxville to face uh, the Volves. And I personally think Kyle Trask has a big day. Uh, Kyle Pitts has a big day. And uh, Florida wins this game big. But yeah, I know there's been a lot of upsets in college football this year. Is there any way that Tennessee could spoil Florida's chances of clinching the SEC East? Oh, there's, there's no way. Uh, I, there is no way. And the problem has been since that game um, against Georgia, Tennessee in the second half has been outscored. I believe it is 110 to like 14. It's, it's, or I believe it's like, yeah, um, it's, it's coaching. It's a Jeremy Pruitt has not been able to make much adjustments. I could see this thing being close to half because Florida hasn't been great the last few weeks, you know, in the first half. But I, th- I think this is a game that could definitely get away from Tennessee in the second half. I don't, you know, I just, I think Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, I think they, they'll offense this big day. Dan Moore was not happy with uh, Todd Grant, Grant from the defense, the coordinator Saturday. He was screaming at him a couple of times. I think this defense comes out and plays well. I think this is going to be a long day for the volunteers. I think it's like 42 to 10. I think it's a long day. Wow. Wow. So we got a big 10 matchup in Madison as Indiana, who lost uh Penix jr. This week to a torn ACL of uh, go to Wisconsin to face the Badgers. And I think in this game, I think Wisconsin, because Penix is out, wins it by a couple scores and run the ball. I think Mertz has a bounce back game uh, from the game he had against Northwestern. And I got Wisconsin winning by two scores, but here's the question I got. How much of a chance do you give Indiana to win this game without Penix Jr.? Very little, you know, unfortunately. But I the the one way, the only chance they have is they got to do what Northwestern did and force four, five, four or five turnovers and let Jack Tuttle and that offense kind of work for the short field. 
But the thing is, Indiana can't run the ball. So now you put pressure on Jack Tuttle. They're not going to be able to run the ball in Wisconsin. That's going to be a huge problem, obviously. And I don't think they're going to have much success in the passing game. I think they create a turnover too, but it won't be enough. And I think the Badgers roll and win this thing 27 to 13. Uh, they just, you know, it's unfortunate for Indiana. They just don't have enough. We got an ACC matchup in Blacksburg as a Clemson travels to Virginia, four and five Virginia Tech. And again, I, th- I, th- I think Clemson wins this game big. I think Clemson wins it by three or four scores. But I will ask the question, Justin, with all the upsets we've had, is there any chance Virginia Tech spoils Clemson clinching a berth in the ACC championship game? No, I, I don't know if you saw that first quarter at Clemson last week, but that, that was a team that was angry. <laughs> That's a team I would not want to face right now. Um, and, and this is a Virginia Tech team that Justin Forte's, um, Fuente's um, seat right now is very, very, very hot right now. He's in a lot of trouble. The thing is, too, Clemson's, you know, um, Brett Venable is going to take away, take away what you do best. And Virginia Tech loves to run the football. They're top 10 in that with Kila Hubbard and Rakeem Blackshear, but they can't throw the ball. You know, he, he didn't hooker's not a great passer. And I think Clemson tears these guys up. And it, it's Bud Foster's first year gone, uh, retired D coordinator. And Virginia Tech has one of the worst defenses in the country right now. It is not, you know, they're not great. They're not getting better. I think they're getting worse. And Clemson wins this thing big. Last game we'll talk about. And who thought we would spend this little time about this game before the season? But we are going as, as Bama travels to LSU to face the tie. And this Bama, big, big. And, uh, and uh, Bama, they're the country. Their defense is great. They're great. They really have no weak. They're clearly the favorite to win the national title. Bama, big. Justin, you agree with me? Oh, yeah. They're just. Um... LSU does not have a quarterback right now. They, 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 they you know, um, they really struggling offensively. Their defense, I think, is getting a bit better, but not much. Um, they love that screen to either Waddle or Smith. They're going to decoy one of them, uh, let the other one go. I think Bama puts up 49. And for Joe, your boy Mac Jones is going to put up some big Heisman numbers. Just uh, oh, trying yeah. to pat his lead with uh, Kyle Trask as they go neck and neck here in the final few weeks here. Um, but yeah, Alabama huge. This is and to Saban should be back on the sidelines. Uh, Joe made the comment. Mac is the man. He's had a huge, huge year, and um, this is a revenge game too for Bama. I think you know Saban love would love to pour it on LSU on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But we're gonna get to college. You know, two we had four storied programs playing last night: Duke, Michigan State, uh, Kansas, and Kentucky. And my, my takeaway first from the uh, from the uh, Duke uh, Michigan State game: the team had more depth and had more experience won the game. I think that was the biggest reason. You saw Watts had a big Michigan State. Uh, you saw the depth of Michigan State. Their bench was clearly better than Duke's bench. Uh, Johnson, the best player for Duke, he didn't he didn't have a great he didn't have a great hurt. Seems to be their best player so far. With because he had 21 points, he's and obviously he's the most experienced player. Duke is kind of a lesser version of Kentucky. They've been doing a lot of the one and done. Michigan State more of a program that you know build junior, juniors and seniors. So the more experience and the team won that game last night. And in the Kentucky Kansas game, one thing that was obvious is Kansas won. They did. They they really miss Dotson and they really miss Azabuki. And Kentucky, 
it's them starting over again. And it, and it just begs you the question, one and done still work anymore because it seems like Kentucky is just getting worse and worse every year with this one and done. Yeah, actually, I want to mention that the one and done thing. I've never been a big fan. I think the because really it's worked two years. Duke in 2015 with Julia Oka for 2012 with Anthony Davis at Kentucky. Other than that, it really they no, they haven't won many champ. They haven't won now none of these one on one teams have worked out for them. Um, and I want to say because actually the last time Kentucky lost in the Elite Eight 2019 or whatever, there's people walking out of that game. I guess wanting to fire Calipari. So. Um, which I just think wacky. Kentucky Listen, as, as a UConn fan, I love seeing Calipari lose. I acknowledge um, he's a really good coach and a great recruiter, but I love seeing him lose as a UConn fan. Oh yeah, me too. I love seeing Shashevsky lose as well. But um, and I, I you know, um, but my big takeaway from those two games were about in both games combined, both teams were fifteen for eighty-one, I believe. It was. I saw that they couldn't shoot threes at all. It's like the anti-NBA. Nobody could yeah. hit a three. Yeah, and that just changes no, the way you play. You play defense too, because you, you you know guards can't penetrate and kick out. Everything mm-hmm. everything's pretty much one on one. There's no double team, so you pretty much have to make. You pretty much don't get really any open looks if you can't shoot threes. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that's you know, um, and exactly you know nobody could hit a shot last night, um, and either four teams. But it, you know, I'll, I'll start with the takeaways from Michigan State Duke. Um, you know, they got down thirteen three at Aaron Henry. You know. No more uh, Cassis Winston, you know, and he was – Aaron Henry was able to kind of get them going. Again, and the problem was Duke was forcing turnovers early on in that game, and they got layups. Again, once – it seems like this is the third straight year. Duke will not win games by shooting. They have to force turnovers and get in transition and get easy layups. It, it, and if they can't do that, they're, they're, there's a problem. You know, they're not great shooting-wise. Um you, you saw it last night. They struggled in Coppin State, who they were a 40-point favorite with. They really struggled in that game. Um, again, you're exactly right. You know, I think college basketball, the right mix is with some seniors, with, with some, you know. Again, the, it's not bad to have a one-and-done or two, but not a whole team. And I think that ex- the experience beats out, you know, the one-and-dones here in college basketball. And I think the last thing I'm going to talk about for Duke here, um, that's their third in conference loss in – since 2000 at home. But I think the thing is this year at, at Cameron Indoors is um, without no fans, teams aren't going to be intimidated to go to Cameron Indoors this year. Oh, no, no way. I, I think there's going to be some games where Duke finds a way to pull out at home that they're not going to be able to do this year. And I'm going to love seeing that because I do not like Duke being a UConn fan. Um, but then going to Kentucky-Kansas game, this was very ugly shooting-wise. Um, um, I was very... Jalen Wilson really was a huge factor. He was the only one that could make a field goal in the second half for Kansas for the first 16 minutes. I'm surprised Cal Perry didn't at least try to double him up just because Kansas could not hit anything. David McCormick, who I thought their big guy was in step up this year, um, he was minus 10, I believe, last night. Or no, minus 8. And he was minus 10 against Gonzaga in, point, um, in the plus or minus category. He was 1 for 9. You can get the line and hit the free throws, but they need him to get going. Um, Marcus Garrett, who I think is going to be good for them this year, he was sick last night. You could tell that he was um, under the weather. It was not COVID-related. He tested negative. Um, don't know what illness he had, but, he, you know, he was under the weather, definitely. 
And then for Kentucky, they'd need Terrence Clark to play a lot better. Um, again, they just, it's poor decisions. Three for 21 from three. You got to try something else, go to the basket. And, and I'm not, you know, I know we're talking about last night. I'm not a big, big Dick Vitale fan, but I really liked when he said these guys, you know, these kids need to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. And I think that's some of the problems with some of these freshmen is, you know, I think that maybe high school, they're able to hit these jumpers. You know, again, they're just better that in multiple levels than the kids are playing against. And now you get here and every, it, it evens out. And I don't think they've learned what they're absolutely good yet at this level than the, what they've been prior. So um, I think both teams after that out, but I, and then, Last thing I'm going to mention about both game is for Kentucky Duke too. I forgot to mention this. Even last week, I wanted to mention this. I forgot is with all the up and down scheduling this year and the, all the practices not being on campus or campus this summer. It's definitely a negative because these guys haven't played with each other. They, you know, haven't, there's no chemistry. They haven't practiced with each other. It's just a wacky year and it's a tough thing to come into an environment, especially when you don't have leadership upperclassmen that kind of can help you get through it. They don't have any of that. They're kind of just, they just kind of got to plow through it. And I think they're going to go through their bumps. I think both, both teams are going to go through their struggles this year. Yeah. 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 I completely agree with you there. Now we go to the games today and we got the Maui five, uh, UNC, uh, Texas. And I, I personally think that, uh, see a win. I like Roy Williams. I like, I like, I think Garrison Brooks and Caleb love are two pretty good players. I think the inside game of Garrison Brooks will make the difference, but can the guard play of Ramsey and Coleman, uh, be enough for Texas to beat North Carolina? Yeah, I get the horns in this one. I love, I, Chaka Smart's got this whole team back. Um, they're playing really well right now. And I think it's a team last year that ended five straight wins before COVID shut down. I think they're, they're, you know, they're, they're playing with fuel and they're, you know, I think they got a chip on the shoulder. Um, I think Coleman do enough, him and Ramsey. But I think the difference maker in this one is that power forward is Greg Brown, the fresh, the five-star freshman from Austin, Texas. The only newcomer, um, the only, you know, the only difference on the scene from last year. I think he does enough to slow them down. I don't, you know, again, North Carolina, we saw last year, guard play struggled. I'm interested, you know, how they do today against Coleman and Ramsey, um, how Caleb Love does against them. And I, I'm going to take Shaka. I, I really like Shaka as a coach. I know he showed at Texas so far, but I'm going to I'm gonna take the Horns. They won their first ever Maui. Maui wow. Invitational. Wow, wow. So uh, we got the Jimmy V Classic, right? We got number five, number two, Baylor. In my opinion, Baylor's got the best backcourt in the country with Wigan with Butler. Uh, but Illinois has got a great score. I'm trying to pronounce his name. Uh, I think it's a, a Dusmasu or Dusma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's averaging 25 points a game. And but I do think it's going to be a close competitive. But I think Baylor backcourt wins it close. But the question I have, Justin, is can Illinois size be the difference in them beating Baylor tonight? I think it could. Um, Kofi Coburn, right, um, one of the best big men in the league or in the country, I, I should say, I think, you know, he could kind of have his way um, against, against Jonathan. Um, I might um, against the new guy, Jonathan Tawakama. I, yeah, it, it's a crazy last name because um, they haven't gone up against a big guy. That's I think Kofi Coburn one of the strongest, again, um, players in college basketball. Um, 
he's an absolute beast on the glass. And he's a great finisher down low. Um, seven feet tall, two feet five. He's he's an old school type of guy. He's not gonna hit any shots outside. He's he's gonna be in the block and he's gonna dominate you down low. Um, again, I, I think it's gonna make Baylor have to force force the double team at times. And I think you know he's gonna be able to kick it out to Io um, Domaz and the rest of those shooters that Illinois has. And I think Illinois gets this one. Oh, nice, nice, nice. We got so we got two. You got two upsets there, Texas and Illinois. But we're going to wrap up the show just talking about a signing the Red Sox made. Uh, they, uh, yesterday, they signed Aguado Rodriguez to a one-year, $8.3 million deal. He avoids arbitration. Unfortunately, you know, he, he contracted COVID-19. He was out the whole year, contracted COVID-19. He was diagnosed with market, uh, mycocaritis and an inflammatory heart condition. So, so I, you know, this is a safe one-year deal. He won 19 games in 2019. So I think this is – and the Red Sox need pitching. They have enough hitting with Bogarts and, and uh, Bogarts, uh, J.D endeavors i think they need to to, to bulk uh bulk up the pitching staff so i think getting you to that uh, signing you to the one-year deal is going to help and now you got chris sale coming up tommy john you don't know what's going to happen there but one thing we will know is i feel like the red Sox pitching will be a little bit better than it was last year yeah because he had a uh Wardo had a huge year in uh 2019 because i think sale i think they're thinking summer he's gonna be back from tommy john so i don't think he's gonna be back for the start i believe um but it, you know, Rodriguez is definitely going to be a huge piece of the team. Um, he had such a breakout year. You know, hopefully, you know, things have gotten better because I know he was struggling. You know, the summer. Um, you know, with the diagnosis. Um, uh, I, I what, what you said. Um, so you know, hopefully, he can bounce back this year. You know, because, yeah, the Red Sox did not have much of that, and they love to kind of get him back. He'd probably be their ace if Sale isn't ready to go day one. He'd probably be their number one guy, him or Baldy. Um, he was solid, and, then, you know, definitely the Red Sox do need pitching. Absolutely, absolutely. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with with R&J. Uh, for Justin Nafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week previewing week 14 of the NFL season and week 15 of the college football season. Have a great weekend, everyone.